I'd invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Uh, we will be spending time in verses 7 through 11 today. Um, if you are looking to take notes, there's a sermon note card in front of you. Maybe just slide that in and you can close the book. We'll read that shortly. Uh, you can also use your tablet, Uversion Bible app. For those of you at home or here, please feel free to do that. But we continue in our sermon summer series uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. And last week, if you were here, Pastor Greg talked to us about not judging others. And boy, was that a good message for all of us to hear. Amen? Uh, that is a good one. It's, it's, it's hard not to be caught up in what's going on in our world today. And if you're at all like me, uh, it can sometimes be hard not to get caught up in having a critical or judgmental spirit towards others. Yet we've been reminded to deal with the log in our own eye before we worry about the speck in anybody else's. And that was just a good reminder to kind of refocus us on how we are to live our lives in relationship to others. This week, however, we're going to focus on prayer. Now, this is the second time that Jesus talks about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount uh, in, in a short period of time. And one of the things that that should highlight for us is the importance of prayer in our lives as Christians. Uh, anytime something is repeated more than once in a short period of time in Scripture, it's a good indication that it is there for a reason, and the reason it's there is to highlight the importance of it for us. So before we get into the Word today, I want to invite you to pray with me as we seek the Lord this morning. Jesus, we are grateful today for the Word of God, for the person of Jesus Christ and for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father God, we're also grateful for you that you are a good, good Father who wants to give good gifts to his children. As we spend time in your Word today, encourage us that we may live in such a way that we not only persist in our prayers, but that we pray with confidence that you will hear our prayers and answer them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week's message really focused on our relationship to others. Today, we're going to focus on our relationship with God. Remember that throughout the Old Testament and even the New Testament, we're told that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This emphasizes both the vertical and horizontal relationships of our lives, the relationship we have with God and the relationship that we have with others. While last week focused on that relationship to others, this week really does focus on our relationship with God. If you were here a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, the Lord's Prayer and, and how Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer as a model for prayer. And one of the emphases of that sermon was on the importance of directing our prayers to whom? Our Heavenly Father. That if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have a Father who is in heaven, who is looking down upon you and who wants to shower you with good gifts. We're going to come to that realization today. And so, I don't know about you, but when I pray, 
I hope that God hears my prayers, and I want God to answer my prayers. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, we do, don't we? Uh, you know, we, it, it's kind of fun because as we look at the, the model for prayer and how, how Jesus is going to teach us today even how to pray, uh, he gives us this idea that we are to ask and we are to seek and that we are to knock and that we're to be persistent over and over and over. And when I pray to my Father who is in heaven, sometimes I feel like I'm nagging him over and over and over but I know that he doesn't feel that way about me. If you're a parent, you might feel that way about your children. I know I do sometimes. Remember, I have five kids. And when they want something, they really make it known to me that they want something. And there's times where I have to tell them, whoa, settle down. I heard you. And in the right time, I will get it for you. I want you to consider that in our prayer life today, that God doesn't want us to stop asking, seeking, or knocking, but that he really wants us to be persistent over and over and then to be patient as he answers our prayers. Recently, a mom was telling me about her son's newfound fear in a sport that he loves so much. It's baseball. His fear came out of uh, the fact that uh, one game a while back, he took a baseball to the face. Now, I don't know about you, if I got hit in the face with a baseball during a game, it would cause me to have some reservation to get back in the game, wouldn't it? But as this young boy, is, uh, as his fear grew more and more and his interest grew less and less in the game of baseball, his mom prayed more and more that he would overcome his fear with confidence and courage and be able to enjoy the baseball game once again. Well, it was his last game of the year that he finally was able to face his fear with courage, and he had his best game of the whole entire year. Now, they could have celebrated that, and I'm sure they did, but they celebrated something else that was worth celebrating, and it was this, that God answered their prayers. And this is the focus that we're going to look at today is, is, is what is it going to take for us to, to have confidence that God will not only hear our prayers, but that he'll answer our prayers and that when we pray, we will see God as a good, good father who wants to give good gifts to his children. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 7, I want you to read along as we read through verse 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. You know, within this text, we find an unimaginable promise. And I want you to see it. The God of this universe, who created all things and who sustains all things, tells us in here that he not only hears our prayers, but that he will answer our prayers. 
The well-known pastor, author, and teacher, John Piper, says, when you pause to consider that God is infinitely strong and can do all that he pleases, that he is infinitely righteous so that he only does what is right, and that he is infinitely good so that everyone or everything he does is perfectly good, and that he is infinitely wise so that he always knows perfectly what is right and good, and that he is infinitely loving so that in all his strength and righteousness and goodness and wisdom, he raises the eternal joy of his loved ones as high as it can be raised. When you pause to consider this, then the lavish invitation of this God to ask him for good things with the promise that he will give them is unimaginably wonderful. Isn't that true? See, prayer is a spiritual discipline that allows us to talk directly to God. It is through prayer that we are able to make our needs known to God. But it is also through prayer that God will align our hearts and our minds to his will so that we live his will and not ours. Here in Matthew 7, we find that that Jesus invites us to pray. He invites us to pray with persistence, but he also invites us to pray with confidence that he will hear and answer our prayers. And my hope today is that you will be able to see that God is willing to give us anything that is good for us spiritually if we keep asking him for it. Did you hear that? God is willing to give us anything that is good for us spiritually as long as we keep asking for it. Two points this morning, I'm going to give them both to you. Jesus is asking us or wants us to pray with persistence. He also wants us to pray with confidence. But let's start with persistence. Jesus wants us to pray with persistence. He says here, he says, we are to pray by asking, seeking, and knocking. Now, these really are in ascending order of urgency. We are to ask, we are to seek, we are to knock, And each one of these commands as we pray is given with a promise that what we ask for, we will find, that what we seek, we will find, that what we are knocking on, the door will be open so we can receive what's behind it for us. All three of these verbs, ask, seek, and knock, are imperatives, which simply means that they are commands given to us by Jesus to use when we pray. All three of these verbs are in the present tense calling for what we say a continuous action to be done. The big idea here is that we are to ask and keep on asking. We are to seek and keep on seeking. We are to knock and keep on knocking. For when we ask, seek, and knock for the things that God wants us to ask, seek, and knock for, the promise is, we will find it. 
the increase of urgency and intensity found within these three words of asking, seeking, and knocking is something I want to try to illustrate so you can understand uh, what it means and what it looks like. Now, I have five, no, I have five children, but seven mouths in my house to feed. We go through food quickly, I promise, okay? But let's say that um, one of my kids wants a piece of bread. So he goes to the cabinet and he opens the door only to find that we are without bread. What does he do? He asks mom and dad to put bread on the grocery list so that when we go to the grocery store, we get bread. He tells us, we're out of bread, we need bread. Can you put it on the list? It gets on the list. Maybe we'll get it today, maybe we'll get it tomorrow. Do you see the sense of urgency? But are you hearing the request behind it? Let's go to seeking. My oldest son, Josiah, he's going to go to work. He makes himself a sandwich. Big guy, works hard, loves to eat. Goes to the cabinet to make a sandwich for lunch. Finds there's no bread. Guess what he is going to do? He's not going to casually wait until he sees us and asks us to put bread on the list so he can get it. He's going to come and find us, isn't he? Mom, dad, where are you? Mom, dad, hey, I need a sandwich and we're out of bread. Well, when it's six o'clock in the morning, I say, well, what do you want me to do about it? (laughs) Give me bread. Well, son, you're going to have to go to plan B. Tomorrow morning, I'll make sure you have bread. But the urgency was in the moment, wasn't it? We then have the knocking. So Gwen and I, we have another family over for breakfast, brunch. We're making French toast. Everybody's eating a little bit more than we realize, and so we're running out of bread. With urgency, she sends one of the kids to find dad and, and, and say, hey, dad, 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 we're, out of, we're like out of bread. I, Mom needs you to go to the store and get bread. The level of urgency, it's growing we're out of bread. Put it on the list. Hey, where are you at? Where are you at? I need a sandwich. Dad, where are you at, Dad? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Dad. Mom needs you to get bread because we are hungry. See, this is how God wants us to pray. He wants to pray persistently. He wants us to keep going after him, to let him know of our needs, to keep seeking him out. To, to, to knock on the door so that we can ask our Father to give us what we need, and then he promises to provide. But before we go any further, there's an important question that we have to ask and answer, and it's this. As Christians, what are we to be persistent in asking for? What are we to be persistent in seeking after? And what doors are we to be persistent in knocking on when we pray? Is Jesus saying that God will give us anything we ask for? Is what Jesus is saying here is that God is going to write us a blank check and say, here you go, son. Anything you want, 
You can have it. No. God is not saying this. Jesus is not telling us that God will give us anything we want. What he is saying is that in God's infinite wisdom, he knows what is best for us, and he wants to give us good things for this life. But what are those good things that God has in store for us and that he wants to give us? The good things that God has in store for us, that he wants to give us, are spiritual qualities. Think of them as treasure that will help us to live into the will of God for our lives. These spiritual qualities are kingdom virtues that will help us to be kingdom people living kingdom lives here on earth. The virtues of the kingdom of God, let me remind you, are not attainable on our own. For it's only through God's grace that we can attain the virtues of the kingdom and then put them into practice and live them out. These virtues include righteousness, humility, sincerity. They include purity and love. This is not an exhaustive list. It's just a few of the kingdom virtues that God wants to give to us. We must understand that these are the spiritual needs that we have that God wants to meet in our lives. We have physical needs and we have spiritual needs. The things that we are to ask, seek, and knock after or for are the spiritual needs of our lives. For just a little bit earlier in this sermon, Jesus says, don't worry about your physical needs. I've got you covered. I will provide them for you. But in Matthew 6, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the physical needs that you have, they will be provided for you. So don't worry about those. Worry about the spiritual needs that you have and be persistent in asking God to give you and meet those needs. If you consider your prayer life for a moment, when do you most naturally persist in your prayers? Think about that. Most common persistent prayer that I can come up with is what we do when someone is sick or in need of healing. We pray for them, don't we? How about that loved one who is seeking a new job or a promotion? We pray for them, don't we? What else do we persist in prayer for? For those who are in financial troubles, we, we, we pray for them persistently. For those who are in a dangerous or, or compromised situation, we pray for them persistently. For our loved ones, we often pray for protection and for success. When we're faced with hard decisions, we seek God that, that, that we would make the right choice. These are things that I would say we most commonly persist in prayer for. 
And I'm not suggesting we stop praying about these things. But what I am suggesting is that if this consumes your persistent prayer life, you might want to consider reordering or reprioritizing prioritizing what you persistently pray for. Because I think what God really wants us to pray for is for spiritual growth in not only our lives, but also in the lives of others. Do we ask, seek, and knock persistently for a pure mind? That God would keep us pure in our thoughts with our eyes. Do we keep on knocking for a forgiving spirit or for the removal of an angry or critical spirit towards others? For that person who has wronged you and you can't get over it, do you persistently pray every day that God will give you a a forgiving spirit so you can forgive that person? If you are a critical person, Are you persistently praying that God would help you to break that chain in your life so that people could see that you're not a critical person, but somebody who's filled with grace? Do we pray like this often? See, these are the things that God wants us to persist in prayer for. He he wants us to pray for the, the, the spiritual qualities that when we receive them will transform us from the inside out and help us to become like Christ in every part of our lives. One might ask, but if God knows what I need, why should I even pray? You ever asked that question before? I'll tell you why. Because I believe it's through prayer that God aligns our heart and our mind to his will. I also think that in prayer, before God answers our prayer, he conditions us so that we will be ready to receive the answer of our prayer. And if God so chooses to not answer our prayer the way we want it to be answered, but differently, I believe he will also condition us so that we can accept his answer to our prayer as his will for our lives and good for us and not bad. Not only are we to pray with persistence, but Jesus also says we're to pray with confidence. As we've learned, the only condition for receiving these spiritual qualities, these kingdom virtues, is through persistent prayer of asking, seeking, and knocking. The promise is this, that when you do that, I will answer your prayer. The assurance should give us confidence when we pray. To illustrate this point, Jesus actually uses an earthly father who he calls evil and how he provides for the well-being of his child. And then Jesus says, if an earthly father who is evil, will do good for his children. How much more confident can you be in knowing that God, who is good and righteous and holy, 
How much more confident can you be that when you ask, when you seek, and when you knock, that God will provide every good gift he has in store for you? See, the comparison isn't really in the contrast, but it's in the reality that if someone who is evil can still do good, how much more confidence can we have when God, who is good, will fulfill his promise by giving us what is good for us? Now, it may come to no surprise to many of you that, that, that God doesn't always answer our prayers the way that we want him to. Have you ever prayed for something and God just held out on you for a really long time and you really don't understand it? And, and what you've come to realize is that the whole time you've been praying about this thing, you've been trying to convince God that your will is better than his. <laughs> but you know, sometimes it takes time for God to have a breakthrough with us so that our will will be conformed to his will. I praise God in my life that sometimes he doesn't answer the prayers that I pray. Do you ever consider in your prayer life, you ever wonder if, if what I'm praying is actually okay with God? Like, is this really how God wants me to pray? And is it okay that I'm praying for these things? I've been wrestling with this lately as been preparing for this and even other times. And I've come to realize something, that God has given us a gift, a helper. He's the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit in us, for those who are followers of Jesus, we can have confidence that the Spirit is there as an intercessor to help us to make sure that what we pray for is, is right. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon once said, Our Father, our Heavenly Father, will correct our prayer and give us not what we ignorantly seek, but what we really need. The promise to give what we ask is here explained and set in its true light. This is a gracious correction of the folly which would read the Lord's words in the most literal sense and make us dream that every whim of ours had only to put on the dress of prayer in order to its realization. And here's what he's saying. Don't think that you can ask for anything and God will give it to you. For God will only and always give you what's good for you. He goes on to say, our prayers go to heaven in a revised version it would be a terrible thing if God always gave us all we ask for. Our Heavenly Father himself knows how to give far better than we know how to ask. Isn't that good? As Christians, we pray to our Heavenly Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us. How great is it to know that God has given us a helper who will intercess on our behalf, intercede and make sure that, that, that what we're praying for, by the time it gets to the Father and back to us, 
is brought into alignment with the will of God. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8 that this is true. Listen to his words. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those who love God, for those who love God, all things will work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 26, 7, and 28. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. See, prayer is how God aligns our will to his and how he helps to change us from the inside out so that we can become like Jesus. And when we pray, we are to pray with confidence that God will answer our prayers, that he will give us the spiritual qualities that we need so that we can live the will of God here on earth and as important, so that we can bring the values of the kingdom of heaven down to earth so that others can experience the reality of the kingdom life through you and through me. We're to keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Be persistent. Be bold. Be courageous. Ask for the spiritual qualities that will help you to reflect Jesus in all parts of your life. Be persistent and do not stop. Nag God. He wants us to persist in pursuing his likeness. And this is his promise. If we ask for the things that we ought to be asking for, he will give us those good gifts. For those of you who don't know Jesus, this is what it means. Ask for his forgiveness. Seek after him to be your Lord and your Savior. The promise of God's word is this, that if you seek God with all of your heart, you will find him. The promise of God is this, that when you humble yourself and recognize your need for a savior and you call on Jesus to be your savior, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to help you become a child of God, the promise of God's word is that he will do that for you. And that is good news, amen? But for those of us who are believers, what's his promise to us? If we struggle with being judgmental and we need to be more grace-filled, God says this, ask me. I can help you with that. I can help you deal with the log in your eye so you're not consumed by the speck in someone else's. If you have a critical spirit and you're a jerk, God can help you with that. 
And he wants to help you with that, but he wants us to ask for that help. If you have a potty mouth, and the way you talk doesn't glorify God much of the time, Jesus wants to help you with that. Let's ask him, let's seek after him, let's pursue him to give us a new language. Jesus says, I can clean that up for you, let me. For those of you who lack compassion for others, ask God to fill you with compassion so that you can see others through the lens of Jesus and you can love them the way that God wants you to love them. For those of you who lack integrity, God can help you to let your yes be yes and your no be no. For those of you who have a hard time telling the truth and you justify your lying by calling them white lies, God will help you with that. He wants you to be a truth teller. For those of you that want to be a generous person, but you're stingy, you're tight-fisted, I will pray for you for that. Just kidding. <laughs> you know what? Pray that God would break your stinginess and your self-interested spirit, that he would pry open your hands and that you would live your life generously so that the world could experience Christ in you. If you are just not a kind person and you desire to be kind, God can break the bitterness within you and put a kind spirit within you so that the way people see you is somebody who's kind and gentle, meek, mild, lowly, humble in heart. See, these are the things that God is saying we are to ask for, that we are to seek after, and that we are to not persistently. This is what God wants us to have. They're good gifts, they're good qualities, they're spiritual things that form us, shape us, and mold us into the likeness of Jesus so that we can have a witness in this world that changes people's lives through the person of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if we all prayed persistently like this, what would happen? The world would flip on its head and it would become a completely different place. Let me remind you, that's the point. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. We're going to turn this world around and I'm going to give you everything you need, but I want you to ask. Here's my challenge. Worship team, come on up. I want you to consider the spiritual qualities in your life that you're lacking. Take time to meditate on that reality. Get a notebook and start writing them down. And then pray over them one by one. Like, I want to be more merciful. I want to be more loving. I want to be more gentle. I want to be more kind. Write those down. Whatever spiritual qualities you feel you're lacking, write them down. And then be persistent in asking that God would change you. 
Pray with confidence that God will give you what you ask. And then pay attention. Because the world around you, it's going to change. And that's what God wants. He wants this world to be different than it is. And he can provide that difference through his son, Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're a God of mercy and grace. That you're a God who wants to give good gifts to his children. You want to align our heart with yours so that your will can be done. You want to respond to that person who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. When they seek you, God, your word says that they'll find you. And I, I pray today that people will seek you. If they don't know you, that they'll seek you and find you. They'll experience the love and grace that you have for them. For those of us that know you, that God, your love, grace, and mercy would abound in our life, that you would give us all the spiritual qualities we lack so that we could be more like you, so that the world could see a difference in us, so that they could be drawn to you. And we can flip this world around so they can experience a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.